Let's remain standing now for the reading of God's Word. Our preaching passage today is from Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Pastor Ben Pranner will be preaching this morning from Ecclesiastes 12, verses 1 through 8. I'll begin reading at verse 1. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors on the street are shut, when the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and the terrors are in the way. The almond trees blossom, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. This is God's word. You may be seated. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you all. I invite you to keep your Bibles open. Pastor Moody is getting a well-deserved rest the next couple weeks, and I want to publicly honor him and give thanks to God for our senior pastor, Pastor Moody, who feeds us from this pulpit every week and feeds my own soul and is a shepherd to my family. And so I thank God for Pastor Moody and would invite you uh, to pray with me for these next couple days that he would find great rest uh, as he is spending time with family and even spending time away. As we come to God's word, let me pray for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you uh, with humble hearts. Pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us today, that you would remove any barrier in our thought life, that you would remove any barrier in our own hearts and that you would help us to receive your word and to hear it rightly from you, and that we would respond to it in all the ways that you would have for us today. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, birthday celebrations. These are fun moments to remember the day of our loved ones when they entered the world. We celebrate and encourage one another on these special days. My, my parents uh, share a story about my brother's third birthday. He loved Big Bird from Sesame Street. And they had the idea of getting a huge Big Bird cake with Big Bird's face on it. And so family and friends gathered around to sing happy birthday. And as the cake was brought out and placed right in front of my brother, the look of joy turned into a look of terror, and he cried hysterically, thinking they had killed Big Bird. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) We didn't have Big Bird cakes anymore. 
But we sure did celebrate birthdays. And I'm sure you have great stories of birthday celebrations and memories. And rightfully so. The days our loved ones entered the world is a day worth reflecting on and celebrating. But it's interesting, however, that we spend much time celebrating the day of our birth, but the Bible has little to say about it. And in fact, the Bible has far more to talk about another day. The Bible has more to say about the day of our death than the day of our birth. And if that's the case, why is it that we spend so little time talking about that day, our last day? Now, don't misunderstand me. We should celebrate the day of our birth, <laughs> but we must not neglect to think about the day that is coming. For many, that day is a hard topic. In fact, probably for most of us, if not all of us, because it causes fear. Or it causes sadness. And for others, that day we don't like to talk about it. It's a hard topic because it's too fresh for us. Because maybe you've experienced loss of loved ones recently and it hurts. Death is not often a topic for the dinner table. (laughs) But I wonder if it actually should be. Today we're going to spend some time thinking about that day. The day of our final breath, which awaits us all. You see, our text is the last exhortation from the preacher in Ecclesiastes. And in chapter 12, verse 8, these are his last words, which are actually the same as his first words, going all the way back to chapter 1, verse 2. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. This wise teacher went on a quest, experimenting with everything under the sun. And what was his conclusion? Vanity. Vanity means something like smoke or breath. And the preacher in Ecclesiastes is saying something like, life is a breath. Life is smoke. You can't grasp it. Life as we experience it on the ground level is a paradox. It's temporary. It's fleeting. All is vanity. Nothing in the search of Ecclesiastes of life under the sun apart from God brought the preacher purpose or wisdom or lasting pleasure. It is like smoke. And so the preacher gives us his last exhortation about how to consider that final day that awaits us all. That day. Its coming is certain, but its timing is unknown. And so while our passage wants us to consider that day, that last day that is coming, there's a word that should be lodged in our minds as we walk through this text and even as we walk out these doors today, and it's the word before. Before. In life, there are things we want to do or need to do before certain days come. Before the last day of summer, kids have things they want to do. Before graduation day, students have things they need to do. Before the day you start a new job, there are things you need to do. Before a wedding day comes. Before the day of a child's birth comes. 
Before the day of an anniversary comes, husbands, you better be getting some flowers. Before retirement day comes. Before. Look with me at our text. Verse 1, before the evil days. Verse 2, before. Verse 6, before. It could be summed up like this. Before your youth leaves. Before your body fails. Before your time comes. Before all of this happens, this teacher gathers us with some of the most beautiful words written down in poetry, yet they confront us with imagery. But there's one thing that we must do in response or before they come. It is this. Remember your creator. So first, let's look through the text and walk through it. First, before your youth leaves, remember your creator. Verse 1, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. The fountain of youth does not exist. (laughs) And our teacher describes how the days of old age will strike. Youth will leave. Evil days or, or distressing days, difficult days will set in. We try very hard to keep the days of old age at bay and to slow down its coming. We try to slow it down with a healthy lifestyle and a healthy lifestyle is good and yet the days of old age are still coming. We try to slow down the look of old age with cosmetic procedures, billions. I mean, billions of dollars are spent each year on plastic surgery. The appearance of old age may be slowed down or covered up, but the days of old age will still come. Now, old age has many benefits of wisdom and experience and much more. And and some in our culture actually wrongly despise our elderly based off of declining physical mobility or potentially declining mental capacity But nothing could be further from the truth in the scriptures. The elderly must be valued as people made in the image of God. From start to finish, from conception to our last breath, all people are to be honored and valued with great dignity as people made in the image of God. But our preacher in Ecclesiastes is not talking about value. He's simply speaking about the painful reality of physical decline starting to set in. So no matter what the benefits of old age, the body will face decline. Youth and physical livelihood will not last. Our preacher teaches us, before your youth leaves, remember your creator. But he goes on, verse 2. He says, before your body fails, remember your creator. Verses two through five, it puts the experience of the failing body into brilliant poetic metaphors that leave us to ponder its depth. Our bodies will eventually and progressively and more frequently fail. In verse two, it is like a disastrous storm that comes. The darkness covers the lights of the day and the lights of the night and the rain clouds keep 
coming. The, the pains, the broken bones, the sorrows, the losses of old age are not easily recovered from and are quickly replaced with one difficulty after another, our teacher is telling us. In the days of our youth, there's, there's often time for clear skies to come and replace those dark clouds and storms of life. But in the days of old age, our teacher is saying, the dark storms come and so often remain or quickly return. The failing body is like a disastrous storm that does not leave. But then in verse 3, he also says it's like a decaying house. It's like a decaying house. Follow with me in verses 3 through 5. Remember your creator before what? Before the day when the keepers of the house tremble. Meaning before your strong arms begin to shake. Before the arms that could throw a football can no longer write a letter to your friend. Before the strong men are bent or when your legs can no longer keep yourself upright. Before the grinders cease or your your teeth, you can no longer bite into a sandwich. Before those looking through the windows are dimmed or your vision starts to go. Before the doors on the street shut or your ears can no longer hear what you want to hear and yet you wake up early at the sound of a little bird outside and no longer are you able to get to sleep. Before the daughters of song are brought low, our teacher says, or your voice and your song begins to fade. Before you are afraid of what is high or you're you're so prone to falling that you don't want to get up too often anymore. Before the almond tree blossoms or your hair grows gray. Before the grasshopper drags along or your body can no longer get around as it once could. Before desire fails and your motivation for work or for activity or for sex is completely gone. See, our bodies, they are not on the up and up. Our teacher is saying our bodies are on the down and down. They are failing. They are decaying, soon to head to its eternal home, soon to head back to the dust, namely, soon to head to the grave. As we hear these words, these are heavy words. These are hard words that confront us. And for many of you, you are already experiencing a failing body. And for some, old age hasn't hit yet, but in life's brokenness, you already have a a foretaste of a certain future, a terrible intrusion of the days of old age upon your youth. These words are intended to confront us. They are intended to stop us and cause us to pause and to reflect. They are hard words. But no matter what our physical situation. Or what our stage in life, where we might find ourselves, these words are set down for us so that we might be reminded to remember our Creator and to return to Him, the one who gives us life. I wonder if you sit here today and you have a very sharp mind. Well, it's the creator who gave you the rational faculties to be able to to think and to create in life. But one day those mental faculties will fade and they will no longer be as quick and as sharp as they once were. Remember, 
your creator now? Is your body strong? Well, there's a creator who brought your body into existence, even in your mother's womb, knitting it together and holding it together. But one day, your strength will leave and your physical faculties will gradually fail. Remember your creator now. Do you have money? Well, there's a creator who owns everything. And one day, your money will be of no help to slow down the body's decline. So remember your creator now, before the body fails. Remember your creator. Before your youth leaves, remember your creator. And in verse 6, he tells us this basically, before your time comes, remember your creator Our teacher describes that that day, that, that, that last day of our final breath. Look with me. Verse six, it's like a silver cord snapping, the golden bowl breaking, the pitcher shattering, the wheel at the cistern breaking. You see, this golden bowl would have held oil for, for a light to be lit and to remain lit. And the pitcher would have held water, these images of, of light and of water are images of life. And what he's describing are, are precious images of silver and gold. And the pitcher is that one day the preciousness of life will one day come to its end. The valuable, beautiful life that was once full of vitality will one day enter a casket and return into the, the dust. The soul that was formed by God, our teacher is telling us, will one day return to its creator and meet its maker. And at that moment, there is one question that we need to consider and one thing that matters. In life, did you remember your creator? Before death, Did you remember your creator before your time comes? So our teacher is bringing the weight, the weight of poetry to grip our hearts and our minds and is giving us reason after reason to remember our creator in this passage. For some of you, youth may have already left you. And your body may have already been failing you. But if you are in the hearing of this message, no matter who you are, your time has not yet come. And so in God's kindness, you're you're hearing this message so that you will leave today being exhorted to remember your creator. All the young people here in the reach of the sound of my voice today, this passage is calling you to remember your creator There's a a stage here where you have much vitality of life and spring in your step and there's a sense of invincibility. And it's good in passages like this to stop and to pause and to hear the voice of wisdom from the Bible and to set before your eyes the trajectory that faces every single person. I remember getting a call in college 
I was working out and I got the devastating news that one of my close high school teammates was killed. Terrible news. Didn't finish college. No one knows their time. No one knows when that day will come. It's coming is certain, but its timing is unknown. So young people, remember your creator now. Parents who are in reach of the sound of my voice today, as you hold your your little baby, your, your child with all of that preciousness of life and growing life, Ecclesiastes 12 is focusing your attention on one goal for this child that you love so dearly. Help them to remember their creator. Pray for them. Teach them. Set in front of them an example. Exhort them to remember their creator. Older saints who are here in the hearing of my voice today, Today is an opportunity to put a life of wisdom on display for the next generation to see, to give a picture of what it looks like to remember your creator as old age does set in and as your body does decline. And I say this with with deepest respect and with sincere love and from a place of observed need within the next generation, within our church We need the older saints in our church to teach us how to finish well, to teach us what it means to remember our creator and what it means to get ready to see our maker and be with him face to face in the life to come. Older saints, we need you to spur us on and to help us to remember our creator, all of us. Our text is saying, Remember your creator. But what does that mean? What does that mean? It's it's more than simply acknowledging God's existence intellectually. It means, as as one author wrote it, to drop all pretense of self-sufficiency and commit ourselves to God. We let go of all self-reliance on youth and on strength and on personal achievement, and we commit ourselves to God in faith and obedience. We commit ourselves to the one who made us and the one who sustains our life. You know, the rest of the Bible is helpful for us because this creator that our passage talks about has revealed himself to us in Jesus. The book of Colossians, which we're actually studying in our evening service, it tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God and that all things were created by Jesus and through Jesus and for Jesus and in Jesus, all things hold together. So remembering our creator, it means that we commit to and we rely on God's son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus gives life and sustains life for all creation, so too Jesus gives new spiritual life and sustains new spiritual life for all who trust in him. Or to put it in the words of Colossians, Jesus gives life and sustains life for all who hold fast to him in faith. Jesus creates life 
Jesus defeated death, and so all who hold fast to him can know the joy of eternal life. So when life confuses us, and when our youth leaves us, and our bodies fail us, or as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, when our outer self is wasting away, when all of that's happening, our inner self can be renewed day by day as we hold fast to and trust in Jesus Christ, the one who made all things and sustains all things. So how do we remember our creator? Well, we hold fast to God's son, Jesus. Second thing, how do we remember our creator? Well, we give thanks. We give thanks. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32, it describes God as creator. It describes God as the creator and it teaches us the right response by way of contrast, the right response to that creator. You see, we're created to worship God, to honor God, to acknowledge God and give thanks to him as our creator. Our minds, created by God. Our bodies, created by God. Our gifting, created and and crafted and given by God. Our breath is breathed into us and sustained by God. All of creation created by God. He's the creator over you and over me and over all. And so each day is another opportunity for us to awake and acknowledge this creator and honor him and give thanks to the one who has given us life and breath. We hold fast to Jesus who reveals the creator to us. We give thanks to God for all that he has given us and who he is, acknowledging him in his rightful place. Lastly, one final implication of many we could think about, but one for us today is this. How do we remember our creator? We wait patiently. We wait patiently This creator that we will one day meet, he has promised a new creation with new bodies. Our creator promised a new creation with new bodies. So friends, listen to this promise from your creator from the book of Isaiah. It says this, for behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. No more shall there be heard it in the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. Listen to this promise from your creator in Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I heard a loud voice saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people, wiping away every tear. Death shall be no more. Listen to this promise from your creator from the book of 1 Corinthians written by Paul. The trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable This mortal body must put on immortality. We are waiting for new heavens and new earth 
where righteousness dwells. Christian, this is what awaits you. (laughs) Youth may be fleeting, your bodies may be failing, and death may be encroaching, but the new creation is coming. The new creation is coming with no decay, no failing, and no evil. No more of that in the new creation. No pain, no weariness, no broken bones. No more of that in the new creation. No more Alzheimer's, no more falls, no more anxiety, no more disease. No more of that in the new creation. And we will be face to face with this creator who made us and loved us and saved us. The new creation is coming. And so how do we remember this creator as we wait patiently? Now today you might be considering Christianity this morning. And I want to put before you and and invite you, this promise of the new creation could be yours for all who turn to Jesus Christ and trust in him by faith. The promise of the new creation, the promise of restoration, the promise of resurrected bodies and new life is for all who trust in Christ in this life before their time comes. We've talked about birthdays. We've talked about the day that is to come when we all will breathe our last breath. May this be a day today when you turn to Jesus Christ and receive new life in your soul with the promise and hope of eternal life to come, even as your body is decaying and failing. And even as you one day will face death, there is a promise of life beyond that through Jesus Christ. Today might be the day. I'd invite you. The new creation is coming. And so we wait patiently for that day. Friends, the Bible, it has much more to speak to us about that day. About that day when we will breathe our last breath and our bodies will return to the dust and our lives will be laid bare before our maker. We're called in this text to remember our creator before that day. Will we be ready for that? But we remember our creator who's revealed in Jesus Christ by relying on him in faith, giving thanks to God and waiting patiently for the new creation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you humbly recognizing the honest realities that your word paints for us that we experience and that we know to be true. And Lord, I pray that you would move us and stir within us a right response of remembering you as revealed in your Son, and that you would sustain us along the way and give us fresh hope today and fresh comfort today and help us to live our lives for you, giving thanks to you for all things. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.